for good, and sooner rather than later, he hoped. He had promised himself he would do it before his fortieth birthday, and that's only left him eighteen months. Not long at all. Sid knocked back the glass of champagne and fanned some of the cash. He loved the feel of it. Truly, he did. There was something about the physical texture of it that made him excited. Generally excited to begin with, then sexually excited. It got him going, and it did right now. He'd pop over and see Barbara again. Give her one. Yeah, give her a right seeing too. Right now. Yeah, he could do with a bit of her. Her eyes burned like a thousand watt bulbs whenever he turned up with a fistful of Jack Dash. She's a turbo-driven slut when there's cash about. I'll have some of her, thought Sid. Right now. Sid told Harry the chauffeur to make for St George's Square. Leo asked, You gonna see your Barbara? Yeah, nodded Sid. I can drop you two off at the underground, or you can sit it out in the car. Suit yourselves on this one. We're not going there, Gov, said Vince softly. Why's that then, son? demanded Sid. Vince replied, Because there's a problem. A problem? You know I try and run this organisation without problems. You know that. Right, Gov. But we got one this time. And he's called Brian Spinks. Oh, yeah. That's so rag. Yeah. Vince, it should be like a symphony, shouldn't it? A symphony, Sid, yes. We all do our little bit as instructed in harmony and on time and we make music. But when we don't, there's discord and no music. Couldn't express it better myself, said Vince, as he yawned and thought to himself, how many times have I heard that little bit of phraseology from Sid? I'd be a rich man if I had a couple of pennies for every time I heard that fly out of his mouth. After a pause, Sid banged his fist into the open palm of his other hand and hissed, I knew that Brian Spinks was a wrong un. I told you so, thought Vince to himself. I told you so, but you never bothered to listen. And the symphony indeed. Vince had been working for Sid for some fifteen years now, ever since he came out of the army. Too long to stay in one job, particularly one like this, thought Vince. He was getting stale and he knew it. The glamour had worn pretty thin. Working for Sid had cost him his marriage, and he didn't want it to cost him anything else. He'd accepted Sid's original offer and had intended only staying a few months until he got on his feet. But he was still here all these years later and going nowhere fast, or, as his girlfriend put it, going nowhere slow. The job back then had been a big step up for a working-class kid from Drury Lane. But where had it got him? Brian Spinks's common-law wife was pushed in the stomach as she opened the door of the basement flat in Kentish Town. Then she was punched in the face as the lad himself, Brian, was bundled out and up the steps 
and into the back of a grimy van that sped off up Leighton Road. By the time the van reached York Way, Brian was trussed up. Thin hemp rope cutting into his wrists and ankles. And the blindfold wasn't contributing to his well-being either. This was not the way Brian had envisaged spending the rest of his thirtieth birthday. No. He and June were going out to get a couple of videos and some Chinese takeaway and have a quiet evening in. He didn't expect this. What's it all about? cried Brian, who had recognised his abductors. What have I done then? Phil the Enforcer stubbed out his cigarette on Brian's neck and said, You've upset Symphony Sid, you have. That's enough, ain't it? Brian's screams were buried beneath the siren of a passing police car sent to investigate an attempted hold-up in an Indian corner shop somewhere on the Caledonian Road.